Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So this morning, we got a special guest speaker. Mr. Renee, go ahead and come on up. For, for, the, for those of you that don't know Ms. Renee, she, she spearheads a lot of our prayer ministry within the church. Let me step down because I'm like five miles taller than you on this top. But she, she spearheads our pre-service prayer. Uh, she facilitates the prayer teams after the service. She is a prayer warrior in the house. So anytime that there's a topic of somebody that specializes in a specific topic, I always like to say, hey, would you be interested in sharing? Is there something in your heart? So this morning, she's going to just share. We're, we're talking about prayer, and we're just going to release her in this house to say what God, whatever God wants. And I, I encourage you, open your ears, open your hearts, that we might receive what God has for us, okay? You guys just reach your hands out to her. We're going to just pray over her. Father, we thank you for Renee. We release her in this house to, uh, to just speak and to teach. Father, we pray for her, her words to be uh, precise. Father, that they would hit the mark that they're designed to hit, that you would give us ears to hear. Father, we release her in this house. Now we pray that you'd use her mightily by your spirit to impact our lives and to share your heart in regards to prayer, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you hear me? Am I on? Woohoo! So that's new for me. I've never had to, got to use this thing. Uh, is there an echo? Or is it just the way it is? Is that the way it is? Sounds okay. All right. Well, um, we're beginning this uh, series, well, we're continuing this series on prayer matters. And so, um, Pastor Noe preached last week about um, the power of a praying church. And so, I just wanted to kind of reiterate, you know, that. Uh, the keys, what's in my heart, number one, because this right here, what, he's, what Pastor Noe is doing, has been something I have foreseen like years ago that, you know, we, see, we have the prayer room, but that's not a prayer room, it's a cry room. You can cry when you pray also, but <laughs> that is not what that's for. But right now it's the, the cry room, you know, and we are meeting over here at 930 in the morning right across the men's restroom. Um, it used to be a life, it was, yeah, it's still a life group room. Um, Anyway, um, I really wanted, you know, to see that happen. And so when he approached me with, you know, let's get, let's do this, you know, and I'm like, yes, let's do it because I believe, and I know he believes, you heard him talk about the autopsy of the church and he believes, and I believe that prayer is the heartbeat of the church. That prayer is the lifeline of the church. And so without prayer, um, we're going to fall. He said last week that everything pray through prevails and everything that's not pray through it's going to fail. And so we, we believe that everything that we're going to do here in this church from even right now, this moment, to everything the kids are doing, to everything that Brazil's doing, you know, our mission teams in Tanzania, everything that, or Mexico, we're, we're doing that to all of God. And we're praying these things through. And as he said, if God is not in it, we don't want to do it. And so he talked about the key to a successful prayer life is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And uh, do you all remember what that said? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, do you remember what it said? It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, real quickly, 
I just want to say, uh, welcome my family back there. If y'all didn't know, that's all my family. <laughs> and I want to say thank you for coming this morning and being here with us. But First um, Thessalonians says, Rejoice always and pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then he gave us the acronym of prayer, to pour out your heart, that the P is for pour out your heart of worship, realize God, ha- God hears, and always believe, have faith. Y is yield to what God is saying, and E is to expect to meet with God, and R is to release control of the situation. Today, I want to talk to you about that everyone has a prayer to pray. Everyone, you, your little ones, all of us, we all have a prayer to pray, and that prayer matters, and every single prayer that is prayed matters, whether the the prayer that's prayed silently, the prayer that's prayed vocally, the prayer that's prayed even in doubt, The satyrian said, hey, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so even when we pray a prayer, we acknowledge the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we have a need for a Savior to lead us in his Holy Spirit to guide us. So um, I've been to a lot of prayer meetings. I've I've conducted prayer meetings, in-home prayer meetings of our church. Um, I remember coming here to Harvest Time Church, and they had prayer meetings on Mondays. And I remember sitting back there where Ms. Brenda is, and I would sit there all little, you know, and just bash one shy because I didn't even know how to pray. I, didn't, I just knew I had a desire. There was something inside me. I wanted to pray. And so I didn't, I didn't know. And I would sit there and I'd hear Miss Sandy Lewis pray. And I'd hear Miss Kathy, uh, Miss, Miss Sandy and Miss Kathy, I do believe you were coming. And then Miss um, Sharon over here and we had um, Jesse, Brother Jesse Quintanilla, he would pray. And, and I, it, was very, it was just a handful of us that would come faithfully. And I didn't I was, I was fearful. I was fearful. And I think that a lot of us feel we don't, we, we don't want to pray because we feel either inadequate. First of all, some of us don't even believe in the power of prayer. And then number two, we feel inadequate or we feel like we don't have the right words to, to pray or we just, um, um, I was going to say something else. Anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) But, um, I remember somebody telling me, we heard Pastor Noe say it last week that even the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so I was like, well, here they were. They, they saw him work and perform miracles, and they're walking side by side with the Lord Jesus himself, and here they're saying, teach us to pray. So then I didn't have to feel so bad. And then I heard somebody else tell me, hey, prayer is just like um, talking to your best friend. And I was like, oh, I got that down. This can be a never-ending story. I got that down. <laughs> I can talk to you. I can talk your ear off, right? Yes, I can talk your ear off. <laughs> so, and, and as a matter of fact, they say, oh, you're preaching, we're leaving. I was like, hey, wait a minute, come here. But I thought, I got that down. I can, I can talk to Jesus as my best friend, and I can just talk to him normally. And so, um, uh, you know, they say he's your confidant. He's your closest friend. You can talk to him like your best friend. And um, I just didn't, I wanted something more. I want something more than that, you know. I, I, I believe that that's where a lot of us are in this time, in this day, and, and hour, that we just talk to Jesus like he's our best friend. And um, there's, so I just wanted to lay some things about what I believe there are areas of prayer, types of prayer. And so um, Pastor Noe talked about the common prayer last week, that we're stuck in the common prayer, you know. It could be, Lord, help me. Thank you, Father, for waking me up this morning. 
uh, Lord bless this food, sanctify it, make it nourish to my body, amen. And we call that a prayer life that we prayed when we got up, Lord help me, and that we prayed, Lord help me get through this day at work, and that we came home, we ate our meal, and we said, thank you, Jesus, bless this food, amen, and then we laid it, as I laid me down to sleep, Lord, I pray this, you know, that your angels watch over me. So we say the common prayers, but I believe that we're, God is calling us to go deeper into those prayers. And, and Pastor Noe said, these prayers are not insignificant. They're not insignificant. And they are necessary. Thank you. I woke up this morning as a lying devil because I started getting all this drainage. And I didn't have none of this at all, preparing for this all week. And then today, he wants to sit there and try to cause all this drainage. Thank you, Michael. Bless you. Um, that these prayers are not insignificant. But he said they're not very intentional. And so God wants to move us and shift us, our mindset, our perspective, our thinking, and to be more intentional. God is calling us to a lifestyle of prayer. Um, I was reading a book that Laura, Miss Laura Pierce said, hey, Miss Rand, I think you're going to love this book, and it's called Dutch Sheets, uh, uh, Intercessory Prayer. And Dutch uh, Sheets says, it's a tongue twister. Y'all say it, Dutch. Say it fast. <laughs> yeah, it's a tongue twister. I was like, Lord, help me say his name right. Dutch Sheets says, no one is born a hero. They are shaped and they're refined on the practice field of life. So if you're taking notes, on the back of your, Pastor Noe told you, on the back of your bulletin where um, there's a little place for you to write some notes. If you're taking notes, turn me to First Chronicles uh, 7.14 in your Bibles. If not, I believe the sound booth has it up here on the screen. I encourage you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little note here. I encourage you, if you don't have your Bible, if you don't make it a habit to bring your Bible, please bring your Bible. I found out something yesterday, and I was blown away. I love this book. I study out of this book. I read this book. You, if you looked at these pages, it's, my, it's usually the one I have at home. And yesterday I was blown away because there's a scripture that I know, that I know, that I know. And I've known it since I got born again, since 19, you know, 1990. Goodness, seven, sorry. I've been reading this book, and I've, been, I've read other Bibles. And anyway, I couldn't find that scripture. And I'm like, because yeah, it, it wasn't saying what I'm used to it to say or what I've been taught that Ed said. So I went and go found, dug deeper. I went to my other older Bibles, and then guess what? The scripture that I knew, which was Isaiah 45, 11, it was there verbatim what I'm used to it, to, used to it saying. So I'm saying to you, study your Bible Read your Bible. Don't just take what I'm saying, you know, the solid foundation of truth for your life. Please, I'm asking you. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles 7.14. And that doesn't mean that, I don't mean to say that disregard your Bibles, but I'm saying study yourself approved as a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Spirit of the living God on the inside of us will bear witness with the word. A lot of things that I'm going to tell you today have never been something that somebody taught me because the world's going to tell you that you've been indoctrinated, that you have been brainwashed, and that, oh, it's something that you've been taught. No. I'm, the things that I have walked through as a prayer warrior, as somebody as somebody came to me and said, you know what you are? No. A child of God? No, you're an intercessor. You're a prayer warrior. I was like, that's churchanese, if anybody don't know. Churchanese. It's a foreign language to me. I didn't understand what that was. But they recognized it on me because they were older Christians that knew the power of prayer and they knew the difference of intercessory, you know, intercessory prayer. We'll cover the common, we've passionately covered the common prayer. I want to cover the um, decreeing and declaring. And I wanted to cover with you guys the 
Um, goodness, my mind is going blank. Pray for me. Spiritual warfare, and I want to cover intercessory prayer. So decreeing and declaring, as Pastor Noe, number one is the common prayer, number two is decreeing and declaring, and number three is intercessory that will lead us into spiritual warfare. So those are the areas. I'm not sure I'll be able to cover them all, but I want to try to go through this. Anyway, I have another 30 minutes. <laughs> um, Second Chronicles says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. I will listen. He, did y'all hear that? What will he do? I, I what? Will. Not maybe, not possibly, not I think so. He said, I will. He said, I will, I will answer. I will hear and I will listen to every prayer made in this place, for I have chosen this temple, and I have set it apart to be my home forever. My eyes and my heart will always be here, is what the Word of God says. I think uh, I didn't give you all that scripture, you guys, but it's all the way to uh, verse 17. But God, I believe, has placed His Spirit right here in the midst of all of us. And I believe that God is speaking to Pastor Noah, and I believe that there's a, there's a time for us to rise up in, this, in this, act, this atmosphere of prayer and moving beyond, moving beyond. Because there is a time, guys, that we're going to, we're walking this, this time and the season of our lives of the common prayer. And the common prayer we pray throughout, throughout our Christian life. You understand? We can pray those common prayers. But then there's a time of decree and declaring. When we grow, Job 22, 28 says that. Do you all know what Job 22, 28 says? Can I get it up on the screen? It says... To decree, thou shalt to decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. How many of you own a vehicle? How many of you own a car? You do? How many of you have a title deed? How many of you have a title deed to your house? In Jesus' name, I call y'all's houses paid for. In the name of Jesus, paid for in full debt-free, decreeing. I'm decreeing. That's what I'm doing. I'm decreeing that over your life and over your home. Decree that thing. So Job 22 says, Thou shalt decree a thing. And he says, that It shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. A decree is an official, ordered issue, official order issued by a legal authority, and it is a commandment. And you are God's authority on the earth. Um, a lot of people don't believe about, I'm not trying to tell you all this naming and claiming stuff. I'm not trying to get you out there. A lot of people believe that um, you decree, I want to go on the decree and declaring and establishing the word of God in your life. Getting that word. A lot of people believe that I, me, Renee, is just a holy roller who likes to show off that she knows where scripture is. I don't. Not at all. Can we get that clear? I'm not a holy roller who just thinks that, oh, you know how to spit the scripture out in prayer. I believe that I, God says to know his promises, to decree his promises. And if you go back and read in Second Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon is making a declaration over the body of Christ in the Ark of the Covenant. And he's making that decree, and then God turns around and says, because you made this decree, I will answer. If my people turn, they'll 
from their, from their wicked ways and I'll answer. And so I believe that it's, a, it's necessary to know the address of what you, your promises are, what you have a right to, what you have an heir to. Because if somebody comes and tries to steal your house, Pastor Noe, you know, they have this thing that people are doing nowadays. They're trying to go into each other's houses and they're trying to steal people's property because you went out, you left your house and you bought a house, a vacation home, and there people see it's abandoned and stuff and they're trying to take over. I don't know what's called, property takeover or something. Have you heard of it? No? You haven't heard of it? Never. I know several people it's happened to. I know somebody who does it. And, and they can try to take over your house. And so what would happen is if you don't even know that they took over your house and they've been living there because you've been 10 years gone to Africa on mission field and you left your house abandoned for two years and somebody starts maintaining your home, cutting your yard, da, 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 then they can take over. And uh, you come back and you see somebody's in your house, what do you do? <laughs> That's the natural thing, right? But he would probably go to the courthouse and say, hey, my name is on this deed. I own this house, and it says right here, article section, da-da-da, and whatever metal on, da-da-da, you know, that you live, lot so-and-so, lot 28, blah, blah, blah. That's what it says on your deed, right? And that's yours. It's entitled to you. It is yours. Go with me to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter. And it's 2 Chronicles 6, 14 through 17. He says, O Lord God of Israel, there is none like you, no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You keep your promises and you show your unfailing love. You obey and you are eager to do your will. To do, God is eager to do his will, to fulfill it in you. And so that's what, that's what Solomon's saying. You kept your promises to your servant David, my father, and you made that promise with your mouth. And today you have fulfilled it with your hands. And now, O Lord God of Israel, carry out your further promise to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, if your descendants guard their behavior and obey your law, as you have done, I'm sorry, if your descendants guard their behavior and obey my law, as you have done, they will always reign over Israel. So here's Solomon reminding God, you said, you said, you said in your word, this is what your promise said. Because God made a promise to David that he was going to have a son and Solomon was going to go build his house, the house of the, a place, a dwelling place for God. Last week in prayer, uh, Brother Ken said, God is calling us to abide with him. And I believe that right here in this place, God is desiring for us to abide with him in, in prayer. And so uh, a lot of times, I, some of you probably heard this uh, illustration that when a little kid, you tell your son, your daughter, tomorrow we're going to go get ice cream. What do they do? Tomorrow, they're waking up first thing in the morning. They're probably dressed before you, and they're like, uh, all the time you're trying to tell them to brush their teeth and do this and that. And then, but this morning, because you told them tomorrow we're going to go get some ice cream, they're already telling you, hey, you said we're going to get ice cream. And you said, okay, because you're still not ready. Two hours goes by, and they say, hey, I thought you said we were going to go get ice cream. And you said, oh, yeah, we are. Just wait a minute. And then they said, another hour goes by, but I thought you said that we were going to go get ice cream. Isaiah 45, 11 says, God's saying, this is the scripture I was telling you about, that God says, command you me concerning your sons and your descendants. He says that. You command me. And so your child is not going to you and telling you, hey, take me to go get ice cream. No. <laughs> they're telling you. But they're reminding you of your word. God's not up in heaven with amnesia or anything, right? He didn't forget what he said. But he wants to make sure you know in your heart 
what he said. He wants to make sure that you know what he has promised you. He wants to make sure you know what is your blood-bought heir because Jesus paid a high price. Just like Pastor Noe said this morning, he paid a high price for you. And if you go look in that story, and I'm, I want to go over the story so bad with you guys, but I pray that you'll go listen, look at the Ark of the Covenant what that meant and what God has, Jesus Christ came and delivered you from because I am not up here having, this morning, not all of y'all came up here and slayed 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep or goats to come before the throne of God. And we don't do it when we go to prayer in the morning. We don't have to slay all them oxen and everything just to come into the presence of God because Jesus, he tore the veil. He made a way that we could have access to the Father. And so I want us to know this. That, that's why when I sit there and say, I remember falling to my knees and I didn't even know the scripture, Psalm 118, 17, that says that, that you shall live and not die to proclaim the good news of the gospel. But I was waking up and I was, couldn't move. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't, all I could move were my eyes. I know what's going on with me. I would wake up out of bed and I'd fall and I didn't know what was going on. And I, I didn't go seek professional help. But I remember crawling to my living room. Nobody was there. The kids were in school at the time. It was years ago. And I dealt with it for two almost two years. Nobody knew. I remember Pastor Bobby telling me, and he saw my hand, began to do this profusely everywhere. And I said, Oop. I put it under. He says, Miss Renee, what's going on with you? I have no idea. But I remember crawling into my living room and the Spirit of God, Spirit and the Word bear witness to one another. You hear me? I'm sitting in my living room and I'm thinking, I'm going to die. I'm probably going to die. I'm not going to be able to see my children. I'm not gonna, half of my family don't even know the battle that I went through at the time. Some of them have, the t- have heard the testimony. But God said, you shall live and not die. And I, well, he, he gave me the scripture reference. I, I go run into that. What is that? What is that? And then that's what he told me. You shall live and you shall not die to proclaim the good news of the gospel. That was years ago. And today I stand before you preaching the gospel. And I'm telling you that there's a purpose under heaven for every single one of you. No matter what you're going through right now, that you're only God is only a prayer away, and that you can bombard the gates of hell, and you can lose strongholds, you can lose addictions off of you. He says to bind. He, he's, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth. That whatever you bind here on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What does that mean, Renee? If I go into your house and I bind him up, and then he says I can loose him. Get him out of my life. That's one way. The other way is and I can bind my son, my children to the will of God. And I can loose the spirit of the living God upon their lives. So there's your negative and there's your positive way to stand against the forces of darkness and the kingdom of hell. He's given us that, that power and authority. Um, I want to go to a movie clip. If we can get that up and going. Just watch that with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's already been defeated. Colossians says that Jesus made an open show of his defeat when he defeated him on Calvary. She quoted, she didn't quote, but she was referring to 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says to cast down every thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. You bring every thought captive when the enemy comes to accuse you, your children, your husband, when he, when he uh, wants to make you entertain this lie of the enemy that's trying to come after you. No, you just got to put your foot down and you have to declare. Seek, um, seek his word. 
Um, sorry, my, it was bothering me. <laughs> I'm just going to go over here. Someone said that God don't want you begging. No, he don't. He don't want you begging, but he wants you declaring what he already said. And he wants you already, he wants you lining up this mouth with his word. And he wants you to launch that thing out. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, and people say, oh, these, I know it's such a humility thing. Sorry, forgive me if I'm so prideful, but don't tell me to get to pray an unspoken prayer. If you want you didn't tell me to pray on spoken prayer, and I'll pray it. But if you want results, and you want to hit the target, then tell me exactly what you want me to pray for. Because only then can I go and get this word. If you have diabetes, guess what? You need to go speak to your pancreas, and you command it. You speak to that thing. If you have the high blood pressure, you speak to your blood to line up and may be made whole. You, you got to speak to these things. I'm praying over Pastor Noe's dad. They're saying scar tissue. MS is, is a scar tissue on the brain. Well, in the name of Jesus, God, you dissipate, disintegrate every scar tissue on his brain. And I'm believing God to do that. You target what you, what's, what's trying to target you, because there's a real lion, there's a real devil seeking around like a dying, he's trying, like a lion, he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your very thought pattern, he's trying to destroy, destroy your health, he's trying to destroy, all distractions to keep you from the greater call, the greater destiny. All those other things are distractions. I tell my husband every day, it's a distraction. Tell it to go, it's a distraction. Whatever's trying to afflict his body right now, I'm, I'm telling him, it's a distraction. Focus. Let's focus what God wants us to do. And when you do that, when you seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then he says, all these things will be added unto you. Let's go deeper, guys. We're going to go deeper because there's souls being lost. Marriages that are failing. There's homes being torn apart. There's children on drugs and addiction. We got to go deeper. We got to go deeper. Then... Uh, not on the surface, deeper in the spirit of God. And we have grab, grab hold. Jacob grabbed hold of the horns of the altar. He said, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere until you bless me. According to your word, God, you said, you said. That's what intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer is praying for someone else. We're too caught up in trying to believe God for our, our bills to be paid. We're too caught up trying to believe God for the healing. We're too caught up trying to believe, and there's a lost, dying world out there. We don't we're forgetting about the souls. Because we're too, the devil has us too caught up in me, myself, and I. We're just trying to get through. We're just trying to make it. I need my new car. I want my new car. But, God, I, I need, I need, I need. I need this pair of shoes. I need, I need. No, and, we're, and you know what? We're sowing in the offering and we're believing God for these things. Great, great, because he will use all those things for your learning purpose. Great prayer warriors are not born. They are brought forth through the, on the, the, the I'm sorry, what did he say? They're being, they're being brought forth in the field of life. So, yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> Intercessory prayer, will you dare to intercede for somebody else? Will you dare to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning when God wakes you and shakes you, the Holy Spirit says, get up because there's somebody that's about to do a shooting over here. Will you dare to get up and go 
and pray, get in your living room, wherever your quiet place is, get on your knees and pray? Would you lose an hour of sleep for somebody? Because the truth is, is that that's what God's calling us to. Would you, would you dare go to Brazil? Would you dare go to Brazil and lay your life down and all your goals and all your purpose and all your plans and everything to go do what God's called you to do over there? Would you dare go to Africa? I know I wouldn't. When uh, Brazil, Bailey, what's, um, Israel, Bailey came and he preached. May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his sacrifice. I'm sitting here going, I get up at 9 o'clock every day just to get to church, you know, early. Because what's in my heart, I'm just being honest with you. You know, we can sit there and be like, just be uh, begrudging the will and the call of God. Now, I thought when he said that, Lord, you are only asking me to give up an hour of sleep. To go over there and impact a body. Impact a community. Impact a nation. Because I don't know what my prayers are doing, but I know they're shaking. They're shaking the heavens. I know they are when I obey. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who are willing to obey. That's it. And you all think that he's looking for somebody that's perfect and, and God said all down. No, I don't. I don't. I don't have all this down. I know what's in my spirit. I know what's bubbling. I know what I've meditated on. You know, been born again saved for 20, 22 years. Here's <laughs> 23. 22 years. And I don't have it all together. God's calling you to be, to be willing. You know what intercession looks like? When I'm sitting here in church and I'm worshiping and somebody walked through that door. And they said, there's been an accident. And somebody just hit his head. The motorcyclist, I seen him. His head looks horrible. And my praise and worship leader at the time, right here, Miss Gabrielle Baldridge, intercession, dropped what she was doing. And she said, oh, God, save him. And she screamed from the top. She fell right there on her face. And my sister-in-law grabbed me. She said, that's, that's my husband. And I said, what? He's supposed to be coming over here. He's supposed to be, they just got, they were just in church and had been here a month. But the enemy used that very thing. When intercessor came, the intercessor dropped, but he's alive today. We walked through six months, I believe. Intercession is when my husband got up and he said, they said, he ain't got no brain activity. He's not gonna, he's not gonna live. He has to live through the night. He's brain dead. And my husband grows us all. Two o'clock in the morning, I think it was, when we got the phone call. Woke up the kids, everybody. Come on, let's go. And we sat in our living room. And my husband began to make war in the heavenlies. And he pushed back the forces of darkness against his brother-in-law. And their children watched and they saw their uncle fight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities and the rulers of the darkness. And he pushed back the forces of darkness. And he went. And my husband faithfully went. He drove over there, grabbed him by his feet, and he prayed over him. I remember him just praying over him. That's what intercessor does. It doesn't matter the time or the hour, but an intercessor will rise up to the call of duty. And let me tell you what. When you intercede, you don't want to go in without the armor of God. There's never been a soldier that goes to battle, not suited up. And too often, that's why we're defeated, because we're walking a Christian lifestyle, walking in the power in a form, I'm, I'm sorry, walking in a form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof. We're saying these prayers, but God is saying, get my word. 
Because we pray amiss if we're not praying the will of God. Intercession is when I'm driving down the road and, and there's a hit on my son because he's been mistaken by somebody else and I don't know it. And I'm going from the movies, my family, and we're driving. And the Spirit of God begins to pray. Pray, 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 pray. I say pray. My daughter begins to pray. My husband begins to pray. My other daughter begins to pray. And we pray and we pray and we pray. We don't know what we're fighting against. But we're praying and we're pushing back and we're binding every the Satan. We're binding Satan. We're binding his tactics. We're binding his schemes. Every cohort be pushed back in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Christ over my son. I don't know what's going on. My son was at work. My son was at work. Minding his business. But he, he got uh, mistaken for a lie. Thank God I showed up right on time. And a guy from the past, God, because I had a horrible past, if you, in case you didn't know, we all had a horrible past. That I knew who does these kind of things. I said, wait a minute. Renee, Ricky, I said, yeah, that's your son? I said, yeah. Hey, let's go. We got to get out of here. Because that's what intercession does. You have to be inclined and in tuned with the Spirit of God. Praying always without ceasing. Praying continually so that when you need the Spirit of God. I could not do that in my own strength. I did not know that. But God in heaven above, who orchestrates everything, who knows everything, he's the one who said, he stopped, and we're driving home, and immediately came in there. Nobody taught, could teach me that, guys. And then I realized that that's what the spirit of intercession does. It intercedes for a lost and dying world. It intercedes and encounters. The prayer, prayers will cancel the plans of Satan against your life and to establish the will of God for your life. Prayer will cancel the plans of Satan against you and it will establish the will of God for your life. Develop a prayer attitude. So, as I said, put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6.10 says, put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies and all tricks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. God will open up our spiritual eyes of understanding. He will when you pray. He will open the spiritual eyes of your understanding. I couldn't have known that. He did that. And that's when we go in, that's, that was warfare. We talked about, we want to talk about warfare. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that you would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. No soldier goes into battle without an insight of his enemy's plans. <laughs> he has some kind of insight, some kind of knowledge of the enemy's plans. But God says he will make your defenses greater than your enemies. He, he alone, will make your defenses greater than your enemies. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds. We have a stronghold in our mind. There's a stronghold that grips our heart. 
There's a lies, there's lies of the enemy. Those are strongholds, there's iniquities that are strongholds. There's sickness that can be strongholds. But by his great power, by prayer, we are mighty. We are mighty. They are our weapons of our warfare, which is prayer, putting on the whole armor of God, decreeing, declaring, speaking the word of God. All those things are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds in every area of our life. And I'm just asking you guys, I'm going to leave the fourth one to you, Pastor Noe, next week, maybe? Or do you want me to touch on it? <laughs> He's telling me, go for it. He's like, uh-uh, you're not interrupting my next week's service. But our fourth one is uh, out of Romans. Can we go to Romans 8? Romans 8, 28. It's, I've already pretty much touched on it, actually. It's Romans 8, 28. I didn't write it down. Can you pull it up? <clears throat> Romans 8, 26, sorry. Did I confuse y'all? And the Holy Spirit helps us in distress, for we do not even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit leads, pleads for us as believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. He knew you in advance when he created you in your mother's womb. He knew you in advance. And you're a purpose for destiny and God wants to, if you don't believe in the filling of the Holy Spirit, if you don't believe that's for everyone, it is for everyone. Second Chronicles, I repeat, if my people who what are called by my name, and we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. But how can we reconcile, reconcile people if we don't even have the inside of the Holy Spirit that can bear witness with his word on the inside? You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you want to be impactful, if you want to be effective in this life. You can still have the minimal, but how many of you want the max of all that God has for you, right? And that's going to entail being filled and stirring up the gift that's on the inside. You stir up the gift, pray, 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 pray. And if you ask, how can I pray continually without ceasing? I'm going to tell you what, and Sierra can be my, my, my witness. This mouth is constantly going, constantly going. And I'm not meaning like I'm just talking, talking, talking. I'm talking about it's, in my mind. I don't even realize it. Sometimes at night, just my mouth's going, going, going. I wake up, my spirit's praying, praying, praying. My spirit's praying. Stir yourself up in the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking about the baptism of speaking in tongues. If you don't believe it, you just ask God for it. I dare you. Ask him for it. And when you least expect it, He'll show up. Boom. <laughs> Here I am. And uh, I, had, um, I have a, my, my pastor's back when. That's what happened to him. He prayed and he kept getting got discouraged because he said he never got it. He just felt like it was for some people because he never got it. And one day he's out on the scaffold. Up and not up. I forgot how many feet. Ten feet in the air. Then he said. And then a wind came and blew. And then he said, something happened to me. And then it just started flowing. 
And I began to pray with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He prayed and prayed and prayed, and he never stopped. And he walks in an awesome gift of the prophetic. He walks in off the gift of healing. And um, God, God, did, God did that. Nobody, nobody can teach anybody those things. And um, I think that's what I have for you guys today. I have a video again. Can I? Can I show that video? Man, if that doesn't excite you about prayer, I don't know what will. You know, I almost feel like you're watching that football game and you're at that final play. And, you know, I was like, I don't want to get completely out of control in the front row. But it's like you almost want to get say, yes, Lord, that's what it's all about. God is going to change your perspective of what prayer is meant to be. Because I believe that, you know, there is this, this thought process of saying that, that, that either prayer is not effective or prayer is boring or it's not relevant or it doesn't change anything. Throw every single one of those lies out the window. Because God is refocusing our church in regards to what prayer shall be in this house. I said last week, prayer shall be a pillar within the church of Harvest Time Church. Do you hear me? you don't like prayer, get with it. We're going to pray. We're going to be people of prayer because it is the only way to prevail in all that God has called us to. It's the only way. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. That is the only way to release God into whatever situation may come. But if we allow that and we allow God to go before us, we have to realize the battle is already won. We just walk it out. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.